In the words of a king, there is power. And as we behold him with unveiled faces, we're transformed into the very image of God. Welcome to the teaching ministry of Dr. K. Idrisheson, brought to you by Kingswood Ministries International. We believe that as you listen, faith is stirred up in you to become all that God has called you to be. I'm going to be zeroing on divine visitation. Somebody say divine visitation. So what is divine visitation? Divine visitation is a season of heightened awareness. A season of what? Heightened awareness of the divine presence of God. Of course, God is present at all times. But what divine visitation is all about is that there is an obvious manifestation of God's help. It becomes very apparent that God is involved in your affairs. How many of you will love it to be very apparent that God is involved in affairs? You know, there are times that though we know God is here, it does not feel like it. Come on, has anybody experienced that before? Though the scripture says, by stripes you are healed, the state of your health does not look like it. Though it's obvious that Christ, you know, became poor from the scriptures so that you can be what? Rich. You log in into your account, Chase, Bank of America, Citibank, and all the accounts put together. It doesn't look like it. In fact, more than ever, it's overdraft everywhere. And you know you are blessed. But when there's a divine visitation, what Jesus suffered and sacrificed for becomes so apparent in terms of the manifestation. In other words, your faith now becomes your physical reality. And in a number of places in the scriptures, we saw where God visited his people. Genesis chapter 21. Genesis chapter 21, there was a woman who was 90 years old. 90 years old. I know some of you are having a picture of your grandmother. And that's right. Now, how will it sound if you get a call from your village that your 90-year-old grandmother is now pregnant? <laughs> As my says it all, it's like, no way. And in the natural, that's the way Sarah felt in Genesis chapter 18 when God, through his angels, said, according to the time of life, you will get pregnant. I can imagine what was going on on her mind. <laughs> How? This retired man who has not touched me for months. How will it happen? No way. And by the way, I'm no longer in menopause. I'm in menostop. You know, when you pause, you can resume. This one has retired. So you can understand why in the natural, Sarah was puzzled. No way. But in Genesis chapter 18, the angel of the Lord had said, I believe in verse 10, he said, is anything too hard? for the Lord. When divine visitation is at work, the natural processes are defiled. Oh, is somebody listening to me? Things don't follow protocol naturally again because God has stepped in. I prophesy over somebody. As this year is coming to an end, protocol will be broken for you all. Amen. The natural processes will be what? Defiled. Just because God wants to make a statement. Lift up your trust and shout, God is making a statement. I can't hear you say, God is making a statement. Through my life. There, there were a few things that the Lord put on my heart. And I call them the essentials of what? Divine visitation. So I want to share those things with you. To stir up your faith. For natural processes to be defiled. For protocols to be broken. For you to have spectacular, supernatural results. I, 
call them essentials of what? Divine visitation. You know, Genesis chapter 21 verse 1 says it all. It says, the Lord visited. The Lord visited Sarah as he had said. In other words, the supernatural was imposed on his natural, on a natural process. So, what was not working began to work. A 90-year-old woman began to ovulate. A 100-year-old man who has retired from sex was energized. And before you know it, she got pregnant simply because the Lord visited. Oh, did you hear me? The Lord visited. There's a visitation of heaven which literally imposes the supernatural on natural. And all of a sudden, your life does not make sense again in a good way. Now, turn to your neighbor and say, I want to prophesy. Oh, come on, say like a prophet. Sound like a prophet. Say, I want to prophesy over you. That in this season, your life will not make sense in a good way. Oh, you didn't hear me? In a good way, say, no, I don't understand. I'm not sure we love God to give you testimony that people begin to say, I don't understand. I don't understand. Oh, if you love that, come on, jump on your feet. I don't understand. That's the phrase I kept on hearing. I don't understand. I don't understand. I'm not if you can picture people say, I don't understand. What happened to you? I mean, come on. You could hardly pay rent. Uh, my God, w did you rob a bank? I don't understand. Oh, come on. You are on $12 an hour. Now you are on $20 an hour. I don't understand. How could you afford a car like this? And on top of it, say there's no car note. I don't understand. I don't understand. How did you move from being the janitor to being the managing director? I don't understand. I don't understand. And all over the scriptures, there are stories of I don't understand. How can Esther, Esther, who came in as a slave into the land, become the queen of the land? I don't understand. How can Daniel, Daniel, who was brought into, by, into, was brought into Babylon as a captive, became a governor in the land? I don't understand understand. Come on, don't you never say, get ready. For I don't understand. Come on, tell at least seven people, get ready for I don't understand. I don't understand. I, I don't understand. I, I don't understand. I, I don't understand. It does not make sense. Come on, there's something you are not telling me and I don't understand. Oh my God, I said I don't understand. I don't understand. You may be seated. I don't understand. I had a conversation with one of my spiritual children over the weekend and I was trying to explain something I did and he kept quiet and I'm like, it seems you are not following me. He says, sir, it does not make sense. I say, it's very simple. He says, sir, it's not that simple. And to be sincere, it was very simple because what I did, in fact, it felt like gambling when I was doing it. But it worked. Say, I just did this and did this. He says, uh, there's a prophetic inkling. There's a prophetic side you are not sharing with us. I said, I I'm being sincere. Because really, when I was doing it, I was not feeling any prophetic. I just felt like doing it. And it worked. So he says, I will talk about it next week. Because I don't understand. May the Lord give you an I don't understand testimony in this season. Yeah. Oh, you didn't hear me. I said, may the Lord give you I don't understand testimony in this season. Amen. I don't understand. The last time you were not in a relationship, now you are engaged. Uh, and it's not just any funny, you know, he's a real man. Somebody say what I'm talking about. He's a real man, settled, calm, cool, collected, you know, as his brain and as his spirit. Yeah, he's not just speaking in tongues. You know, he's ready. Akala. No, you know, they are fake brothers that speak in tongues. Man, like, be not, be not, be not carried, don't get carried away with the phonetics of the speaking in tongues. Man, like, they are brothers that they don't lay, lay hands in the service. They, only, they also lay hands at home. And so, just because he looks spiritual does not make him spiritual. There's, there's a difference between authentic spirituality and packaged spirituality. Anybody can package it well. But I'm talking about an authentic. Can I prophesy this morning? An authentic one. Somebody that loves you genuinely. So apparently God wants to pick some people and just adorn them before the end of this year. I don't understand. How did you meet him? I said, 
it was a casual one. I don't understand. There's something you are not telling me. There's nothing to tell. Because it was God visiting. God visited. So that was all that happened. I pray over you. I declare this month you will have serial visitation. God will visit your relationship, visit your bank account, visit your health. Oh my God, I feel like prophesy. I said God will visit you. The businesses that are supposed to be dead, they are awake. What is going on? Everything is working together at the same time. Money you were not expecting, they will say you have it. Oh, you didn't hear me. The harvest you are not anticipating. They say it's ready. I don't understand. So it's my season of I don't understand. And that's what divine visitation is about. I don't understand. I share a testimony with you. Our, one of our leaders, a couple of months ago, got called into a boardroom and they were busy trying to convince him why you should not leave the company. I'm like, did I tell you I'm leaving the company? He said, no, no, no. We just want to let you know we have plans for you, blah, blah, blah. I'm contented. So he kept quiet. Okay. Apparently, they were panicking because a senior management staff who was supposedly influential was leaving and they thought a few you know, associates would follow him and they felt like he could be, be put the business in jeopardy. So they were trying to convince the next layer that they have plans for him, for them. So he sat through their presentation, which, according to him, was unnecessary because he was okay with the company. So at the end of the conversation, just to let you know that we really have plans for you, we're going to give you $100,000 now if you will sign that you will not leave this company for the next two years. Of course, there's no, there's no need to pray. So he said, bring, bring, bring the form, bring the form. So he signed it and he told me, he said, Pastor, they will give me 100000 next month. I said, okay, I don't understand. I'm not going to love such, such kind of... Let them panic. It's okay. It doesn't make sense. I don't understand. You know, whenever God is about to impose the supernatural, there's always a disruption. A Vashti will misbehave in the palace. I don't understand. Why did the king get drunk? I don't understand. And I don't have to understand. Why on earth they couldn't find any other beautiful woman that was a national and the only person that qualified was a stranger. And nobody checked her passport. How do you make a stranger your queen? I don't understand. Now listen, when God puts you somewhere, true I don't understand. Don't try to understand to stay there. Because that was the problem. That, that was the mistake Esther was going to commit. All of a sudden, Esther, Esther became aware that she's a, she's a foreigner. So she needs to tread softly. So she needs to be very careful, you know, so that, you know, you will not get into trouble. Tango for Mordecai that said, are you out of your mind? In the first place, why did you think God brought you there? Is it because you understood? You got there by not understanding. Now, through your understanding, you want to keep yourself. He said, by the way, if you fail this assignment, you'll be replaced. You need to know something that when God brings a divine elevation, elevation is because he has a divine purpose. Because when I don't understand begins to happen in your life, don't get carried away and make it all about you. Fine, it looks like you are the person in that high prestigious office, but there is a purpose beyond the elevation. Until you embrace the greater purpose, you might make a mess of the elevation. I don't understand. Divine visitation. Why will God cause a 90-year-old woman to get pregnant? Was it just because he just wants to tantalize the whole world? There's a divine purpose that involves you and I. Because there was an Isaac that must come true. Abraham and, and, Abraham and, and Sarah. Whose genealogy will be led all the way. To Jesus, the Savior of the world. I 
I don't understand. In fact, the Bible says what happened to Abraham and Sarah happened because of us. So God does things because of his purpose. And that's why for you to maximize divine visitation, you must be conscious of God's purpose. Write it down. God's purpose. God's purpose. You are visited because of a purpose. The Bible says all things work together for good for those who love God, who are called according to what? His purpose. Romans chapter 8 verse 20. Is it 26 or 28? 28. Good Bible students. All things work together for good for those who are called according to his purpose. Listen, you know, it did not say your purpose. One of the abuse of the message of purpose in this generation is that people make purpose their thing. Purpose is not your thing. Purpose is God's thing that you discover. Yeah. You know, my purpose, my purpose, no, is his purpose. You are just a player. Yeah. It's like you're part of a football club and the management bought you as a player to play for the team. And you can't say, my team. It's not your team. It's their team. You are only there playing a role in their team. And you were bought to fulfill a role in the overall agenda of heaven. Hmm. So purpose is not what you invent, it's what you discover. And you discover purpose in the place of koinonia, intimacy with God. Lord, what is your purpose for this season? Because divine visitation is always connected to what? God's purpose. Don't you know say divine visitation? is connected to God's purpose. So until God's purpose is embraced, you cannot have a meaningful life and you cannot experience Syria divine visitation. He visits you because you are aligned to his program. Why will he visit somebody who is just doing his own thing? You know, Hebrews chapter 10 verse 7 said, he said, I've come in the volume of the book according to what is written of me. So there's a documentation of your life in heaven. Now, the question is, is the way you are living, is it aligned to the document of heaven? The reason why Jesus' life was so meaningful was because he lived that life according to what? The document of heaven. Don't you never say, there is a document that has your life in heaven. Is your life here and your life according to the book aligned? Don't allow people to call you into what God has not called you into. Because ultimately, meaningful life is tied to the document. Secondly, divine visitation is according to prophecy. Prophecy, prophecy. And that's why smart people, they keep their prophecy close to their chest. Because prophecies are not ordinary. Second Peter chapter 1, verse 21, it talks about how holy men spoke divine entrances as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. So prophecies are utterances inspired by God with divine energy to perform what it represents. And that's why God does not do anything until he says it first. Because the power to deliver and execute lies in what was spoken. God and his word are inseparable. He said in the beginning was the word and the word was with God. And that's why prophecies are powerful. Because prophecy is an opportunity for God to introduce his word. God delivers by his word. God manifests by his word. God does things by his word. So when prophecies are spoken specifically about you and you know these are not manipulated prophecy. These are not prophecy that came because you gave a gift. These are prophecies that came purely by the movement of the Holy Ghost. Take, take, pay attention to it. Pay attention to it. I don't know who I'm talking to. There are prophecies over your life. Your grandma told you. Your mama told you. Your former pastor told you, and now you have forgotten about it because you are in America. You are just paying bills. Repent! Stop that life! And you keep on deceiving people that you are living a good life. It's not a good life. If it's in, not in line with your prophecy, I don't care how many real estates you have. 
you are still a failure. First Timothy chapter 1 verse 18. He said, this charge I commit to you according to the prophecies which went before you. He said, wage a good warfare. In other words, wage a good warfare. You must fight to stay in line with your prophecy. Because your visitation is tied to your prophecies. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 20, the Bible says, despise not prophesying. One of the signs of the, of, of, of the end time, he said, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. Say, your daughter shall what? Say, your young man will see vision. Your daughter shall what? Prophesy. Prophecies are powerful. Don't you never say, prophecies, prophecies. are important. Thank God for the promises of God that are documented in the world. But there are some tailor-made prophecies for your life. A few months ago, I was with my mom and she reminded me, he said, when I was pregnant with you, somebody came to me and said this and this and this. Thank God for mothers that don't forget. He said, when I see your life now, I'm reminded of what was said when I was pregnant with you. I was not even physically manifested. And words already coming. And listen, it's not because I'm special. There are words over you. Oh, is somebody listening to me? I was talking to one of my spiritual daughters today. And, you know, she called me just to greet me happy birthday, but I couldn't pick up. So she sent message again. Said, Sir, I greeted you. You did. I said, I'm sorry. And as I was talking to her, the word of the Lord came to me. That was from my drive, when I was driving to church. And I began to give prophecies concerning a 10-year-old daughter. I said, your daughter is going to do this and do this and do this. Your daughter is going to combine the anointing on you and your husband, the anointing on your husband. And she was quiet. And when I was done talking, she said, sir, what you have just said, somebody said the exact thing a few weeks ago. He said, that person came to my house and all of a sudden turned to my daughter and began to say this and this and this. Why would God inspired utterances like that over a child? He's a 10-year-old, and God is already releasing words, releasing words. There are words that have been released for your future. The question is, are you mindful of those words, or you are just trying to live your life the way you want to live it? People, one of the reasons why people don't amount to something significant is because they are not mindful of their prophecy. God is still speaking. They are faith prophets, but they are true prophets. Even in the New Testament, prophecies are still relevant. Prophecies. Lord, help me to stay in line with my prophecy. Can you get on your feet? I feel the anointing of the Holy Ghost. Get on your feet. Say with me. Stretch, lift up your two and say, Lord, Lord help, me help me to stay, stay aligned, aligned with my prophecies. Lord, help me to embrace my prophecies and fight according to my prophecy. You may be seated. A lot of people, they are fighting their prophecy. Oh, you didn't hear me. You are supposed to fight according to what? Your prophecy. Say, no, this is what I want to do. When your will and your prophecy are contrary, ha! In fact, I don't know what to say again. I say, yeah, you know what I mean? I'm a very determined person. So you think your determination will win over your prophecy. Anything I set my mind to do, Make sure you better set your mind to do your prophecy. If you want to do something else and it's not aligned to your prophecy, God is not engaged. God is only committed to things that are associated with what he has designed for your life. Don't you know say there are prophecies over your life. Don't fight them. Fight with them. So it's either you fight your prophecy or you fight with what? Your prophecy. Paul told Timothy, he said, wage a good warfare with the prophecies that have gone ahead of you. He told Timothy at another place, he said, the gift that was given to you through laying on of hands and through what? Through prophecy. So gifts, impartation take place through what? Prophecy. Wow. Three, divine visitation is battered in the place of prayer. Prayer, prayer. Now, I've said it before. I'm going to say it again. 
Don't outsource prayer. Don't allow people to keep on scamming you. I'm praying for you. Pray for yourself. Pray for yourself. Pray for yourself. You want to experience God on a whole new level. You must be intentional about prayer. If God has said it, he will do it. There's a button in the place of prayer. People are delayed because they are lazy in prayer. No, you know, I'm not just caught out for prayer. Ha, ah, what are you caught out for? As powerful as the prophecy of Jesus was, do you know it took people like prophetess Anna to bat it? After all, it's God. He said, a savior will come. But somebody had to stay in the place of prayer to ensure the savior comes. Luke chapter 2 from verse 36. Are you getting blessed this morning? Prayer, prayer. And that's why throughout this month, please, let us pray together as a church. I was telling the pastors this morning, I said, throughout the week, we are going to be praying. Now, you will have prayer meeting on Friday. We will pray all week. Because there is no substitute for prayer. Look at it. He said, now there was one Hannah, a prophetess, the daughter of Phanuel of the tribe of Asher. She was of great age and had lived with a husband seven years from her virginity. Verse 37. He said, and this woman was a widow of about 84 years and who did not depart from the temple but served God with fastings and prayers night and day. Some of us, what we are doing today, it was because somebody took time to pray for us. Like I said, even when you wanted to misbehave, you failed in every attempt to be a nuisance. When you decided to start clubbing, that's when they, they arrested all the people that were clubbing. Everybody was smoking weed and getting away with it. It was your turn and they caught you. Somebody was praying. You must be caught. You will not get away with your misbehavior. Every time you try to misbehave, you are embarrassed. So after a while, you gave up. This misbehavior is not for me. Because it's too hard to misbehave. I believe somebody was praying for me in 19, 1989. You know, I just finished my first year in pharmacy school and, you know, I was feeling good. Boy, I'm smart. I'm a teenager. I'm... So somebody invited me to a, to, to a teenager birthday. One of my friends. What's her name? Buki. So I showed up at the birthday and I was feeling, and I felt I deserved to have a girlfriend at this point. You know, I've been a good boy. You know, I went to school, did well. I'm in college. Not just any course. Pharmacy. Boy, respect me. So I sat down. I went to that party just to to be noticed because I knew a lot of people that would be in the party they were still aspiring to be me I was already there I was the picture of their future <laughs> <laughs> so I sat <laughs> so I sat at the party and I was feeling myself so I called the celebrant I said come here come here Buki. He said, and of course everybody respected me I was smart boy so she came said oh can I help you say I said what, what do you have lined up for this party Oh, she said, oh, we're going to do the normal things people do at the party. But I was not satisfied because I felt I should be noticed. True life story. This is me being vulnerable. So I looked at her. I said, Buki. So, you know, I'm a very smart boy. So I, think, I thought quickly, yeah. I went to a few parties on campus and, you know, some spiritual people will come and share the word of God. So I looked at Buki. I said, is anybody sharing word in this party? It's a party for God's sake. So, he looked at me strangely he said sharing word he said that's what we do on campus that's what, that's what we do we go to parties and somebody shares the word he said ah, I don't know about that I just wanted to say something to feel important but she threw it back at me he said will you do it that was not the plan but now I have to save face I say anything for you but inside of me was like I only went to church three times in the last one year. <laughs> you know, I was one of those kids that your parents dropped in school. And I ensured the school was not close, close to home so that my parents would not find the excuse to visit me. 
at least every visitation will be planned. And when they, the weekend they are coming, I'll go to church. So I made three, three church appearances. <laughs> so I've not been in church for more than three times in a year. And here, Buki was running back after me. Will you share the word? Which word? <laughs> so I said, anything for you, anything for you. But instead of me, I'm like, anything for who? <laughs> but you know, when you want to feel important, you lose your mind. So, okay. So they drilled the program and they put share the word. So when, I think it was like number four on the agenda. I mean, because an important person suggested it. I mean, the picture of their future. So they better take it seriously. He must know what is smart. So they put share the word and they called me and said, college boy, will you share the word? True life story, 1989 August. So I, I said, bow down your heads for a word of prayer. And they bowed down and I prayed. And they opened their eyes. And I opened my mouth and I sounded like a pastor. And for the next 15, 25, 25, 30 minutes, I was still preaching. And I was not repeating words. It was a setup. I did not only preach. The presence of God filled the room. And people started falling under the power. Then the next thing, I started casting out demons. That's my life. Stood over. I mean, and you know, teenage demons are very wild. <laughs> <laughs> so I ruined the party. People were screaming, yeah! And I was like, come out! I'm serious. And I was feeling myself. It was like somebody borrowed my body. And I did all that. Of course, I ruined the party. That was the end of the party. <laughs> Nobody could dance again. People were crying. People were vomiting. I'm... True life story, August. I've only been to church three times in the last one year. I just preach and cast out demons. I ruined 18-year birthday party. So, one after the other, everybody started leaving the party. So, eventually, I ruined the party, so I had to leave too. And I was, as I was leaving, I said, Lord, please don't kill me. <laughs> because I have no idea what just happened there. That was not me. I came to this party to get a girl, not to preach, not to cast out a demon. So, everything that happened there, I don't know what you are trying to do. I hope you just don't want to embarrass me and just mess up my life. I'm serious. I was scared. I was scared that God was just going to slap me. Because... I mean, what happened there was not me. It was like something took me over what I was born for. I laid on my bed that night. I could not sleep. And the presence of God enveloped me throughout the night. I woke up the following morning and I started looking for a church around me. I joined the church and joined everything that was joinable in that church. And today I'm still part of the church. That's my story. And it was not through Bible school. But that does not just happen. It happens because somebody was praying for you. Somebody was praying for you. This boy that wanted to become a nuisance, in the name of Jesus, he will fail. Every plot to become a bad boy, we embarrass him. I was embarrassed. And the embarrassment pushed me into my purpose. But guess what? Somebody was praying for. And that's why I tell mothers, I tell parents, one of the greatest assignments over your children is to pray for them. In fact, there are times you don't need to rebuke, you don't need to scold. Your problem is everything you want to comment. There are times, just go into your closet and pray. <laughs> Shut up, go and talk to God. She served God with fasting and prayer until Jesus was battered. Look at verse 38. Oh boy. And coming in that instant, she gave thanks to God and spoke of him to of all those who looked for the redemption in Jerusalem. So it took a woman of prayer to bat Jesus. Okay, how many, how many have I given you? Four. Divine visitation is delivered by grace and received through faith. Divine visitation is not, you don't qualify for it. Is the grace of God that picks you for it. So you can't earn it. You can only receive it by what? Faith. Because it's delivered by what? Grace. 
Grace is the technology of God to empower the weak. Did you hear that? 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 27 says, God has chosen the weak things of this world, the base things. Look at my story. Did I qualify? I'm not qualified to be a preacher. It was like I was not a good boy. I was a good boy. I went to church. I served God. In fact, let me tell you part B of the story. When I got back to school and I started going to fellowship now consistently, people were scared. They had meeting. I said, that's not Brother K. What happened? The boy that was assigned to follow me up in my first year in college, I frustrated him. I will make sure, I know, of course. You know, then follow-up was very, very meticulous. I know he was coming. So five, ten minutes before he shows up, I will put beans on fire. And those beans were very, very special beans. I don't think they make beans like that again. It takes like two and a half hours to cook. So his name is Rotimi, I remember. So Rotimi will come. He said, bro, okay, there's fellowship at 7.30. He said, are you blind? Can't you see if your beans on fire? You want my beans to waste? So I'm sorry, I'm not coming. And the boy will walk away disappointed. I did it consistently. All of a sudden, the person that has frustrated the follow-up people, now is the first person to show up in church. They were concerned. What's going on? Not only that, was it like second week after I resumed, after the school resumed, maybe the president of fellowship has just finished preaching and he wanted to round up and I raised up my hand. And they are wondering, what does he have to say? This one. So they say, okay, come. So I stood up and they gave me the microphone. I said, there's somebody on my left. You have a problem. Something happened during the week. And as I was giving those words of knowledge, people were raising up. It's me. It's me. Everybody was like, what? This one? Grace. Don't you never say grace. Grace. The grace of God was poured over me. So that I can live my prophecy. I only receive it by faith. So grace is the technology for divine visitation, not effort. Don't you never say, I'm a candidate for the grace of God. Because I know how to receive by faith. Don't you never say, it's not by effort. It's by faith. That's why the Bible says, for by grace are you saved. Through what? Faith. Faith is simply receiving free gifts. If it's not free, then it's not. If it's not free, then it can't be faith. It has to be free for it to be what? Faith. Okay. Divine visitation engage the ministry of angels. Somebody shout angels. Anytime there's a divine visitation, you will see you will see the footprints of angels. Can I prophesy over you? As this year is coming to an end, I see the engagement of angels in every affair of your life. Yeah. Get on your feet and shout, angels everywhere! Angels everywhere! Some of you will love manifestation of angels in your home. Things will just happen. You know, when angels are at work, strange things happen. While you are standing, can we read Hebrews chapter 13 verse 2 together? Angels everywhere. Angels everywhere. Angels. They follow my children to school. Angels everywhere. They ensure my wife is fine. Angels everywhere. Can you read it loud, loud and clear? One, two, three, go. Don't you never say, in this season, as I entertain angels and strangers. There will be supernatural manifestation. Divine visitation. Somebody shout, angels! Everywhere! You may be seated. Let me show you something about angels before we move, move out. Psalm 105 and verse 20. Psalm 105 verse 20. Angels. Angels are supernatural beings that have been designed to serve you. So that you can experience supernatural things. On heart. By the way, the Lord gave me the theme for next year. He said, it will be a year of heaven on heart. And what, oh my God, I love that excitement. I said, it will be a year of heaven on heart. Oh my God, I said, it will be a year of heaven on heart. 
He said, bless the Lord, you his angels, who excel in what? Strength. In other words, they have unusual strengths. Who do his word? They have strength to do what you cannot do for you. He said, they excel in strength. They do his word. So people that we engage angels and experience divine visitations are people that are in line with the word. Because angels only do his word. Angelic visitations are aligned with the word of God. Now when to say, he said they eat to the voice of his word. Some of you are wondering, why do we confess every time? Because angels are voice activated. As powerful as the word is, until voice is given to the word, they cannot heed it. So your assignment is to give voice to the word. I'm the, I'm the head and not the tail. And you say, oh, he said it's the head and not the tail. So they begin to run around to ensure it's the head because he has just given voice to his word. So divine visitation is connected to what? The ministry of what? Angels. I'm almost done now. Divine visitation comes through rest. I love this. Divine visitation comes through what? Rest. Somebody shall rest. If you were around on Friday, I told you, I said rest does not mean inactivity. But rather, rest means spirit-led activity. It means functioning from the place of inward quietness. Rest does not mean there's no trouble around. But rest means the trouble around you cannot trouble you. John chapter 16 verse 33 says, In this world you shall have tribulations, but in me you shall have peace. So the peace you have in me, you now infuse it into your environment. And before you know it, the peace in you begins to get into everything that is troubled around you. And everything troubled around you will now receive the rest from within you and align with the rest within you. There will be trouble, but guess what? The rest in me is more real than the trouble around. So I cannot be troubled by the troubles. I cast my cares on God, for he cares for me affectionately and he cares about me watchfully. Nothing moves me. I function from within. He said, in me, you shall have what? Peace. This rest cannot be delivered by Bahamas. Cayman Island, we fail. Cancun cannot get it done. Say, I just want to rest. I'm not against vacation, but the greatest vacation is in Christ when the peace of God dominates you primarily and you don't even need external reports to confirm your peace I'm at peace I'm at rest be anxious for nothing I don't know what report you are dealing with health report, financial report, career report relationship report be anxious for nothing now don't you know say neighbor anxiety is forbidden Worry is forbidden. I'm at rest. I said I'm at rest. You know, it takes somebody that understands rest to experience rest roundabout. <laughs> rest roundabout. But it starts from within. Nothing moves me. <laughs> you are still rejoicing in spite of all these things. I'm at rest. Christ is in me, the hope of glory. Nothing moves me. First Chronicles chapter 20 and verse 30. I'm at rest. I'm at rest. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, Second Chronicles chapter 20 and verse 30. Second Chronicles chapter 20 and verse 30. Second Chronicles. Open your Bibles there. Don't wait for the media. Second Chronicles chapter 20 verse 30. Can we read it loud and clear? One, two, three, go. But do you know if you go and read the old Second Chronicles, Pastor Moyo, chapter 20 was about Jehoshaphat who was faced with a conglomerate of armies and he was, he was almost afraid. Then they began to praise God. Then all of a sudden, the enemies helped destroying one another. So it did not look like rest at the beginning. But because he will not panic, but rather panic, praised. Look at where he ended. The rest he first of all embraced within, 
when it did not look like rest, now translated into a rest that can be seen round about. His realm was quiet, but it did not look like it. At the beginning of Second Chronicles chapter 20, it looked like war and battle everywhere. In fact, the kind of battle that you don't have what it takes to win. But because he embraced rest, you know, it takes somebody who has embraced rest to start giving thanks. When people have just informed you they are coming after your life. And you know the people coming after you are bigger than you. And what you will do is that now appoint singers and instrumentalists. Okay, everybody, let's start singing. They say they are coming to kill us. Why are we singing? Because that's what to do. I will sing unto the Lord a joyful song. I will praise his name for the Lord. And as they were doing it, they killed each Confusion broke out in their camp of the enemy. Without them raising the finger, all the enemies were destroyed. That's how to rest. Don't allow your emotion to follow the report. Let the peace of God dominate you from within. I rest in God. I walk on troubled waters. I walk on troubled waters. You know, Peter was able to walk on that water until he looked away from Jesus and started looking at the boisterous wind. The wind will always be boisterous. But guess what? In Jesus, there's peace. Oh my God, am I preaching well this morning? In Jesus, there's peace. Oh, there's, 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 there's war at home. I look into Jesus. Now listen, your problem is you thought your wife is what will give you peace. You thought having children is what will give you joy. Ah, you missed it. In this world, you shall have tribulations. There are tribulations connected to being married. There are tribulations connected to having children. There are tribulations connected to becoming a vice president. The kind of tribulations you are not dealing with when you are in lower management. So every face comes with its own tribulations. There will always be tribulations. But for as long as the rest of Jesus, the quietness of Jesus is your dominant reality, the tribulations will bow and victory will be delivered. Somebody shout hallelujah. Come on, are you getting blessed this morning? Lift up your two hands and shout red. The last but not the least. You want to be visited unusually? You must engage generosity. Generosity. You know, I was talking to one of my sons yesterday. We spoke for over two hours. He's a missionary in East Africa now. And he was sharing with me at a time when he got carried away with the message of grace. To a point that he stopped giving. <laughs> because Jesus has given everything. He said for the first time, he became broke. So he said, he called his wife, he said, he seems this grace message will call, doesn't bring money. But the problem is not with grace message. The problem is you misunderstood grace message. Grace is not an excuse not to give. Write it down. You know, there are people all over the internet teaching rubbish now. <laughs> Don't let anybody tell you, you need to give. Ha, <laughs> ha. Even the grace we are talking about, was it not because somebody was given? For God so loved the world that he gave. The basis of this covenant is giving. This covenant cannot be maximized without what? Giving. Giving. Giving will forever be relevant in the syllabus of heaven. There is no such thing as a technology in the kingdom that gives you exemption from giving and yet you are blessed. There is he that we told more than is necessary. Even when we're talking about the ministry of angels, look at what he said. He said, in entertaining strangers, it was in their generosity that angels were engaged. And you're going around living a stingy life. Say, Jesus has covered it. Jesus does not cover your stinginess. You are only tending to poverty. Generosity will always be relevant in the syllabus of heaven. In Acts chapter 10 from verse 1, there's a story told of a man called Cornelius. This man did not even know about Christ. But he was just a man that was given to giving. Acts chapter 10 from verse 1. He said there was a certain man in Caesarea called Cornelius, a centurion of what was called the Italian regiment. Verse 2 says a devout man, one who feared God and all his household, 
who gave alms generously. Someone say generously. He said he gave arms generously. This man was a giver. He was a giver. He was a giver. A generous giver. A generous giver. He said, I'm praying to God always. So he combined giving with prayer. Some of us think once we can pray, we don't need to give. It's an incomplete equation. And you will still fail with such. Verse 3. About the ninth hour of the day, he saw clearly in a vision an angel of God coming in and saying to him. Does that sound like visitation? Verse 4. Read it, everybody. Get up. So it's not just your prayer that is rising. Your giving is rising. Oh my God. Am I preaching well? I said, your giving, he said, your prayers and your what? Your giving. Your generosity has caught heaven's attention. Are you listening to me? Your generosity has what? Caught heaven's attention. This man was visited not just because he prayed, but because he prayed and gave. In this season, don't just pray. Be sensitive to giving. And I'm not just talking about giving to church. Of course, give to church. I'm not just talking about giving to your pastor. Give to your pastor if God leads you. But give as God leads you. Give to strangers. Help people. Because generosity is key to divine visitation. Be generous. Someone say be generous. So be generous towards God, be generous towards his people, and be generous towards strangers. First Kings chapter 3. Ah. First Kings chapter 3. Come on, is this good preaching this morning? Divine visitation. Be a giver. Read it. One, two, three, go. Go and check all the records in the Old Testament. Nobody could beat this record. Before him, there was not a single record of anyone who one day killed animals a thousand times just to honor God. That was how sacrificial Solomon was. Verse 5. One, two, three, go. Do you know what that is called? Blank check. There's a level of generosity. I'm not sure we love God to give you blank check. You know, it's one thing for God to say, I'll give you this, I'll give you this. When God, when God now says, tell me what you want me to give you. You know, tell me. You know, my daughter always does that. Every Christmas, every birthday. Very thoughtful. She said, Dad, what do you want for your birthday? Although this last birthday, I showed her. When he said, well, Lord, what do you want for a birthday? He said, oh, what do I want for my birthday? I said, I want the new electric Mercedes Benz, you know, the SUV one. He said, Dad, where will I get it from? I said, you are the one that asked. <laughs> <laughs> so she took me to, so she arranged, so she, she talked up and said, Dad, I have a plan. So she arranged with the Mercedes dealership. She made an appointment and she took me there. I said, test drive it. So you said, that's what you want for your birthday. You have it. So two days after my birthday, I was at the dealership driving the Mercedes Benz. He said, you said you want a Mercedes for your birthday. This is it. Electric one. He said, I specifically picked the one that is electric. And it's SUV. Blank check. Fill it. What do you want me to give you? But listen, that was a response to somebody who gave generously to God. Don't you never say neighbor? Generosity has no substitute. Listen, if your saving account is more than your giving account, there are certain things you will not be able to afford. Write it down. My saving account is more than what? My giving account. I know your financial advisor 
did not teach you that. Your financial advisor, advisor is natural. Me, I'm supernatural. Look at my life. My life smells good. My life smells good. And I say it in all humility. Not because I'm a pastor. Because God knows there's nothing he gives me that I cannot give. You know, I've said it over and over that I cannot live on your giving. I have to live on my words. Giving. Sacrifice is everything. Can you do me a favor this month and for the rest of your life? Be generous with giving. Don't just live to feed you. Don't just live to clothe you. Live to give. When you withhold more than what is necessary, you tend to poverty. You know, there are strangers that God will ask you to pay their tuition. Don't bind that voice. It's God. I remember a while ago, I was in my barber's shop. And, you know, by the way, my barber is a woman. And I'm proud of it. And she was done barbing. And it was time to pay. And I brought out double of what I normally pay her. And she said, oh, it's too much. I said, it's intentional. She was like, oh my God. Then another time, I was in Nigeria. In another Baba's shop. So I decided to do pedicure and manicure. I do it once in a while as God leads me. And there's this lady that I've known for years who has always been talking about, I'm going to set up my own shop, I'm going to set up my shop. So I was not expecting her there again. And she was sitting there, I said, when are you going to set it up? He said, I'm still collecting money. And right there, I heard God say, ask her how much is left. So I said, how much is left for you to collect? This is a stranger. I don't even know her name. She said, this amount, this amount, and this amount, and this amount. And by the grace of God, I could afford it. So I said, what is your account? She, she was like, what's going on? I said, give me your account. So she gave me the account. And in 30 seconds, the money was in her account. I said, ah, ah, ah. And when I do stuff like that, I want to get out of the place. I don't want to be embarrassed. I just obeyed God. Listen, that's how I've lived my life. And that's why you will never be able to understand my finances. Can I be real with you? Can I be real with you? This morning, I was going to give $1,500 to the Lord because that's what I give every week now to the glory of God. And the Lord said, no, 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 not today. It's 2000 I said, okay, we do it. I know some of you are like, 2000 a week. I remember that was in a meeting several years ago. Casey Price was preaching for Crefford Dollar. And he said, for a few years now, anywhere I'm in, anytime I'm in church, it's $5,000. And I said to myself, I'm coming there. So I mean, 2000 a week is a starting point. I said all that not to brag, but I said it to let you know. You will never lose out giving to God. There's a level in God you will never get into if you are afraid to give. There was a woman who was about to miss out on a miracle because she was trying to conserve what was in the house. And the prophet said, fear not. So the reason why you, are, you struggle to give is because of fear. Fear not. He said, bring it to me first. What are you holding on to because of fear? And God, they say, bring it to me first. Bring it to me first. And you will see the way I will multiply you. I will give you finances that you will not be able to understand. Bring it to me first. Everybody loves great testimony. But are you committed to giving? You are there balancing your account. You have been balancing all these years. Has it balanced? One of the reasons why I love this man is a crazy giver. I'm not trying to embarrass him, but it's the truth. There are times he will bring 10,000 to church, cash, and he will go to people and give them 1,000, one after the other. Nothing just happens. You know, I saw, you know, some of us, we play around with stocks. and So I saw the way the market was on Friday. So I looked at him after service. When I saw that market, me too, I did well. When I saw that market, I knew somebody would have... We'd have killed the market. So I saw him on Friday night. I said, how was the market? He said, it was nice. How nice? It was $20,000. Nice. So that's what we're talking about. Listen, opportunity comes to people that give. The way he trades, it does not make sense. He's not a technical trader. And that's why at times to follow him is very dangerous. You just say, hey, do it this way. Do it this way. Pastor Godfrey, what you're explaining does not make sense. But he still hands up well. 
when you're a giver, your life will be beyond understanding. Be, sit down there, be calculating, be balancing. I've not come this far by balancing. I've come this far by being sensitive to God. There are people's wedding that I've covered. The Lord said, pay for the old wedding, pay for the old wedding. And I paid for it. And it will surprise me. I can go on and on about testimonies. You don't go to the next level if you are a receiver, not a giver. It's more blessed to give than to receive. Always looking for opportunity to pull money from people. And you think you are smart. You are foolish. It's the height of foolishness. You think you are smart? So you scam your way into people's pockets. Don't worry. They are not losing. You are the one losing. Come on, have you been blessed this morning? Divine visitation through what? Generosity. There's a crazy lifestyle of generosity that opens heaven over you. Do you know what it means for God to say your prayer, but not just your prayer, your giving has caught my attention. The way you are giving, can God even notice it? Even we can't see it. Okay, okay. I went to preach for a pastor recently, a while ago. And the pastor, the pastor complained that one of his branch pastors has been struggling financially. And, you know, that they have to support them from the headquarters all the time. And I just knew in my heart, the pastor is not a giver. And God so good, the pastor sat next to me during the meeting. So when it's time to give, I saw him brought that nasty note out. And he put it in the envelope. I said, I know the reason. If you are the pastor and this is the way you are giving, ha, your church will be broke. You will be broke. Be not deceived. God is not mocked. Whatsoever a man sows, so shall be what? Reap. You can never outgive God. And that's when he notices your giving, he must double your receiving. Because you can't outgive him. When you withhold more than what is necessary, you miss out on your future. Lift up your hands unto heaven. Oh, we give you praise. Come on, come on, come on. Lift up your hands and give him praise. Thanks. Thanks. We, we give you thanks. For all you have done, we are so blessed, our soul has found rest, oh Lord, we give you thanks, oh Lord, we give Last month, uh, I got a call from one of my sons, Pastor Shala, that leads the news because they have a conference next week. So he said, oh, Pastor, uh, I know you know Phil Thompson. Can you connect us? We need him for our conference. Uh, my calculative mind kicked up. said, ah, how much money to bring Phil from America? He said, Pastor, don't worry. It's okay. I said, oh, why? He said, just one member. He said, just walked up to me after service. He said, Pastor, uh, for our conference, I think... I won't feel to come and church does not need to bother. I'll pay everything. Fly him there, pay the honorarium. I said, that's what we're talking about. So Phil's going to be in Nigeria this weekend at feast. Just one person paid it. One of my sons in Aleki Church in Nigeria, a couple of years ago, walked up to me. He said, sir, the Lord put it on my heart 
to pay all the church bill for the next one year. Hey, and it's not just anywhere, it's Lekki. Lagos, that's one of the most pricey places. So for a whole year, the bill of the church was on him. So today, there are times you just say, sir, 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 can I, can I wire something to you? And it's $10,000 is wiring to me from Nigeria. Give us experienced things. Today is the head of Toyota Nigeria. Nothing just happens. When he was paying the bill of the church, he was just a staff of a company. There are some experiences in God you will never have if you are stingy. Just thinking about you and your small family and suburb living and private school for your children. Everything is centered around you. You think you are smart? God will just be looking at you and say, there's so much I would have loved to do, but I can't trust you. You are not a good steward. You think it's all about you. One of the, I mean, that's why I'll forever be grateful to my mom that taught me giving from a young age. People will come to our house and give us money. And the first thing is that, remember, not all the money is for you. There's a part that belongs to God. Wow. It's one of those hard sayings. They don't help people in that church. You start giving. Did you join the church so that you can be given to? Why can't you be the one giving? We hope you've been richly blessed by this teaching from Kingswood Ministries International. Feel free to visit our website at kingswood.org for more inspiring teachings by Dr. K. Ijishasong. There you'd also find other helpful materials and further information about this ministry. God bless you richly.